Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I'm going to be talking about, we're beginning with Naboth and Ahab and Jezebel. It's King Ahab, the Queen, Jezebel, and Naboth, the common man. So it says this in verse 1, that it came to pass that Naboth the Jezreelites had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel next to the palace of the king. So Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, Give me your vineyard, that I can have it for a vegetable garden, because it's near next to my house, and I'll give you a vineyard even better than that one. I'm going to give you something better than this. I I just want that because it's beside my house. I'm going to give you something even better. I mean, you're going to really love this. Or if you'd rather, I'll give you money. Now it sounds like Ahab is very a really nice guy here, doesn't it? I mean, he's got this high position, and he's offering to give money for it. He said, I'll even give you a better vineyard for it. You know, the money is no object to me. And But Naboth answers and says, The Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. And Ahab goes to his house sullen and displeased because the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. He can't have something he wants. And he's so upset because Naboth had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And I just want to make a little side note here. I think it's neat that Naboth is honoring the inheritance of his fathers. It's not like, oh, my inheritance is I have this mansion. No, 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 no. It's because it's special because that's what he's been entrusted with. That's his to take care of. Maybe the king wanted to give him something greater, but it's like this is what I've been given to take care of. And I believe that inheritance is is such a wonderful thing. Anyway, I just would encourage you on that. You should want to leave an inheritance to your children. I believe we should want to leave as much as we can to our children, but not just financially, but spiritually. We should want to invest into their lives spiritually and give them something to cultivate in life that we've started. There's something good in inheritance. But anyway, then Jezebel, his wife, came to him when he's there sullen. Oh, I didn't, he, he didn't want to give me his inheritance. He was, you know, there's, I was going to give him something better. Jezebel goes, what are you upset about? And he says, because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite, and I said to him, give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it pleases you, I'll give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. Then Jezebel, his wife, said to him, you now exercise authority over Israel. You have all this power. Look, you eat food. Let your heart be cheerful. I'm going to give you the vineyard of Naboth. So here she's she's saying, I'm going to take charge. This is interesting. You know, Jezebel was a real person, but she also, uh, when we use the word Jezebel, we're also referring to attributes that that one person had because most people would agree this woman was full of the devil and uh, she was a manipulator. She was a controller. She always wanted to be in control and uh, she was not submissive. Uh, Anyways, she was also seductive. She was also sexually immoral. She brought sexual immorality into the nation, lewd things, lewd sexual things, and, and whatnot. So, but anyway, here, here she is taking charge. This is like an opportunity. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, she just sees she's just fulfilling her role in life. Hey, I'm going to make this happen. But she doesn't realize that it's outside of boundaries. You know, it's really interesting. That spirit, a lot of times, wants to take control and wants to fix the situation. But it goes outside the boundaries of what's right and wrong. 
And uh, it also goes outside the boundaries of her authority. But here she is. She's going outside of her authority. She writes letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, as if he's done it, and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters, saying this, Proclaim a fast and seat Naboth with high honor among the people, and seat two men, scoundrels, before him to bear witness against him, saying, You blaspheme God and the king, and then take him out and stone him that he may die. So the men of the city, the elders, nobles, and whatnot, they did just as Jezebel told them to, as it was written in the letters. They proclaimed the fast. They had the scoundrels come in, and the scoundrels jumped up and said, Oh, I can't believe what this man said. And two men jumped up and said that. It was all planned out, you know. But, of course, to everyone else, it doesn't look planned out. It looks very spontaneous. It looks so real. There they are in a place where he's in a place of prominence where they put him. And guess who's he's around? All the prominent people who are watching this happen. And who else is going to be there? Probably all those nobles and elders, right? So then they sent to Jezebel saying, of course, they took him out. They said, oh, look, he's blasphemed God and the king. And then they took Naboth out right there and they stoned him. They killed him right there. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned and was dead, she said to Ahab, arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give you for money. For Naboth isn't alive anymore, but he's dead. So it was when Ahab heard that Naboth is dead, and I can't imagine that he didn't know by now how he died. Ahab got up, went down to take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Elijah, and said, Arise, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel. And he's now in the vineyard of Naboth, where he has gone down to take possession of it. Speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you murdered and also taken possession? And you shall speak to him, saying this, In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, dogs shall lick your blood, even yours. Which is amazing. How can God make that happen? And Ahab said to Elijah, Have you found me, O my enemy? You see, when people speak truth, Instead of saying something, oh, I'm sorry, they'll attack the messenger. You said that to me because you don't like me. You gave me that negative word because you just don't like me. You've got something against me. He says, I have found you. You know why I found you? Because you sold yourself to do evil in the sight of the Lord. And then he says, behold, I'll bring calamity on you and I'll take away your posterity and I will cut off from Ahab, who is the man's name, every male in Israel, both bond and free. I'll make your house like the house of Jeroboam and like others who have provoked me in the past. And then he says, and concerning Jezebel, your wife, the dogs shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel, and the dogs shall eat whoever belongs to Ahab and dies in the city. I mean, what a crazy 
prophetic word and judgment. And anyway, I wanted to, I just will stop right there uh, as far as that reading. But you see what's happened here is God got ticked off. God got ticked off at something. What happened? You look at this little man, this, so to speak, nobody named Naboth. He's, he's the little guy. It doesn't look like anybody cares about him. He doesn't have justice. And God is watching what's do, what's been happening, and God's had enough. I want to just start out this message with an understanding, which is God is a God of justice. God hates injustice, and nothing escapes God's notice. You have to remember that in life because it looks like God doesn't care about a lot of things that happen. And I could say that Ahab and Jezebel had done a whole lot of evil in their day. They'd done so many bad things. They thought they would always get away with it. And you see, when a people are so strong, so surrounded by others that do whatever they ask them to, they feel so untouchable. Even God can't touch me. Many think that way. They act that way. God doesn't see what I'm doing. I believe that's how they felt, which that kind of attitude makes corruption grow and grow and grow. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that says something like this. Because a crime or evil isn't punished, the hearts of men grow worse and worse to do evil. So what it says is, when people think they can get away with something, it makes evil fester and grow and increase in society. And here they are in this place of power, and they feel completely empowered and untouchable. And everybody was afraid of them. Look how also flagrant this sin was, how open she was about what she's doing. She doesn't even, she's like, she doesn't have any fear of any of these people turning, turning her in. She signs a letter in Ahab's name. You go, well, that could have been used as evidence against her, right? She has no fear of being caught. She's been doing so much evil. But the time came. They did this evil against Naboth, this helpless individual who was completely done wrong, completely set up. and God had had enough. God had had enough. Now I just have to back up and just say, sometimes I've been wondering, God, when is it that you're going to have enough? When is that day going to happen? And I believe that day is coming upon us. I believe the day when God says, I've had enough. I've, I've extended my grace. People have not turned back. These individuals are hurting others. And I believe there's a day coming when God is going to show himself strong and it's going to be a huge wake-up call for those that thought God was dead, for those that thought God was not looking. God's going to show up and it's going to shock everybody. I fully believe that. It's coming. But in this day, the cup of iniquity was full. God's like, no more. No more. I am not going to let things go on anymore. And the cries of those that had been unjustly treated by Ahab, by Jezebel, and by the other leaders that were over them came before God, and God dealt with it that day in a major way, in a major way. Now, 
I just want to reemphasize this. You know, it might not look like God's been involved for a long time. We begin to think this is just the way things are. This is just how life is. God always does like this, and He does like this. And it, No. You need to read through history and realize there are certain times when God steps into history, if you want to call it like that, and He brings a special visitation, you see, and He does unusual things. And He begins to judge things and bring things right. And part of that judging, there's a huge blessing. When God judges, there's a blessing for those who serve the Lord. There's a blessing. And I believe in this hour, when this visitation comes, that we're going to see a, an amazing turnaround. In fact, I believe it's already started. I've seen more people hungry for God than I have seen for years. I've seen something in the interest of people toward God, something working on the inside of them, wanting to know how to go forward that I haven't seen in many years. I mean, it's thrilling to me. Every time I see it, I just sit back and I think about it and go, wow, God is working in the hearts of people to bring them closer to Him. For those that don't know Him, He's bringing Him in. For those that maybe have known Him and they're not walking with Him now where they've sort of gotten off the course, He's pulling them back on course. There's an outpouring of God right now. And I would just say, if this in this hour, God's been taking on people and they just continue to resist, watch out. I'm not saying God's going to do what He did with Ahab here. That's a different situation. But I'm just saying God's going to do what's necessary to either turn people around and for those that are wicked, that have decided to go against God, they know what they're doing is evil, they know they're hurting other people, and they don't even care about it. I would just say you just really need to watch out. God sees everything that's going on, and God is getting ready to come and reveal Himself in this situation. Look what He's done in history. But anyway, let me just back up and say, there's going to be a lot of good that's getting ready to happen too. I mean, I believe restoration's coming to the righteous. I believe God's heard the cries of the righteous. I believe God's heard the cries of the afflicted and the ones that have been unjustly treated and had things gone bad for them. And I'm not talking about just being mistreated by the government. Uh, they could have been in your workplace. It could have been by other people that have put you down. I believe in this hour, there's going to be a great judging, so to speak, and people are going to receive back things they've lost. I believe it's going to be an amazing, wonderful time. But I believe there's also going to be a judging of things that have greatly displeased God. Systems and people and things that have come become corrupt. God wants to remove the corruption and the decay. I believe there's a lot of things that God is just not going to put up with any more. And when that happens, when God begins to deal with things in the earth again, when God steps into history and things begin to happen, then the fear of God is going to come back in the earth. And it's going to be amazing what we see. And everything is going to begin to change. I want to say that again. When God begins to deal with issues in this world, it's going to bring the fear of God again. We're going to go, wow, wait a minute. You do that, you sow, you're going to reap. 
it's real. People will have the fear of God in them and they will not want to do evil because they know there's accountability and they can see it with their eyes because God has gotten involved again. 